heard somebody knocking, so I opened up the hatch. He had red hair, black clothes, a trench coat, and black boots, and had to match. He said he had some secrets that he thought that I should know. Black Palpatine has come back, and then he still hates Kylo. Maybe let's put the X in hooks. Let the resistance be. Milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 204 of Blast Points. This is Jason. And this is Gabe. We're putting the X in Hux. <laughs> the time has finally arrived. The uh, convergence of fans of late 80s Kiss and General Hux have finally crossed paths and merged. It's a symbiotic relationship. Life forms working together for mutual advantage. The two of the greatest creations of the 20th and 21st century it's like peanut butter and jelly i'm really excited to talk about hucks this week we've been planning this episode for years i feel like but the time was never right finally the hucks saga has come to an end and we can discuss all that is hucks he's a complicated man sometimes he has big pants he always has red hair yeah sometimes he has a long jacket Sometimes he has a jetpack. <laughs> if you if you have the, I think it's the last Jedi toy comes with the jetpack. Oh no no it was the For- it was the Force Awakens one because I think that's how he escaped from Starkiller Base was with the jetpack. So it's, makes total sense to me. Sometimes he has a little hat. He used to have a cat. Nobody talks about that anymore. He's a complicated character. We're, what we're what we're doing here is the whole premise is Hux. He on the surface appeared to be. Always angry, always frustrated, all the time. But was he? That's what we're asking today. Maybe he was just looking for love. It would make sense. He's lived a life of isolation. He obviously has a hard time making friends. He's probably never held someone's hand, ever. I don't think he's ever taken his gloves off. It's true. <laughs> How can you get close to Hux when he's always wearing black leather gloves? And it fits in, like, I feel like this whole month, not by design, like, by accident, just about every episode we're doing is on the theme of love. <laughs> Later this month, we're going to be getting to Attack of the Clones saga year, and you can't just truly, deeply, people loving each other in that film. Well, it is, yeah, it's Valentine's month. It's It's got to be about love. It's the love month. There's Cupid's flying around, shooting people with arrows, and... Somebody shot us with an arrow that was General Hux. When I was a little kid, I used to watch the Love Boat. I would there'd be like these old stars on Love Boat, and I would always ask like, "Who are these people?" And my grandma would be like, "Oh, they're people that have been in like movies and stuff." And as a little kid, I always wished like Mark <laughs> Hamill and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher <laughs> would come on the Love Boat because <laughs> you know, just thinking of love makes me think of the Love Boat. 
Mark Hamill totally would have been on Love Boat, though. I'd bet no one ever asked him. I could see General Hux being on Love Boat. Totally. If they do a modern reboot of Love Boat, I could see Adam Driver being like this week's special guest. Like with all the success he's had with like undercover boss Kylo Ren. <laughs> he, he was singing in Marriage Story. He could sing the main title. <laughs> Love. Exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. I would watch that. Yeah, they can just get Dom Hall Gleason to play the captain. He would be a good ship captain. I mean, he's. I guess Hux is kind of a ship captain, so he could just be the ship captain. Maybe as General Hux. Maybe then he could finally find love on the love boat. Maybe there's that. You know what? That's a Disney Plus show. Star Wars love boat. <laughs> loved loved Star Destroyer. Love Destroyer. <laughs> but it, it's all a trick because really at the end, nothing is destroyed. Sadness is destroyed and, and love is created. Welcome all right. So General Hux. A military leader, insanely loyal, somehow hates everyone. Sometimes he's the bad guy. Sometimes he's comic relief. Pretty much everyone's punching bag constantly in every film in the sequel saga. He wanted so bad to be taken seriously. Sometimes he was. Sometimes he wasn't. The character is almost like how he really is in the in the movie as he is in the movie where no one really knows what to do with him. <laughs> like the characters in the movie don't know what to do with them. And over the three films, the films don't ever really know exactly what to do with him. And you can kind of understand why he's angry all the time. He, he can never find his place in every single way. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. He's almost like a younger Krennic who just wants to do his thing and get recognized but no one really wants to pay attention to him. And kind of like Krennic, he he could have had it all. It's just there were just nuisances in his way. He might not have spilled any coffee on his white jacket, but he does fall down a lot. So we we first met Hux in The Force Awakens. And for a brief period of time there, and maybe it's still going on. I you know what? I'm not an authority on what's going on, but you, you really saw it right after Force Awakens came out. It was Hawksmania. Yeah, there was a time when people were really into Hux. And I think those people are still really into Hux. Because Hux is just one of those Star Wars characters that people just latch on to. Because he's kind of like, he's just kind of there. <laughs> and he's just kind of there. And he's trying. He's trying to be like the star, but he never gets to be the star. But he's just, he's kind of his own thing. There's not a lot of Huxes in the film. There's just one Hux. Well, and the fact that we, before The Force Awakens, had never seen like an Imperial-esque kind of person that young in a leadership position ever. Usually, like in the original trilogy, it was a bunch of old British dudes. Yeah, that's true, because that was going back to Force Awakens. Because, you know, early in the film, before we even really knew Rey, and there really wasn't any sort of relationship between Rey and Kylo like they hadn't run into each other yet but right away we get the relationship between Hux and Kylo and they're like brothers that don't get along they're similar age Snoke kind of treats them like kids they're always bickering it was an interesting dynamic in a Star Wars movie and especially coming from the bad guys because the Empire yeah we never saw any general kids <laughs> We got like Darth Vader kid and Tarkin kid. Because really, if anything, I think that is Hux is like young Tarkin, at least in Force Awakens. He seems to not care at all about the Force or Kylo's Force abilities or the fact that that's important. He's just wants to blow up planets, appease Snoke, you know, very much probably. Yeah, like Tarkin, just like, hey, let's. Let's blow up some planets and let's do whatever this creepy old dude in a, in a robe wants us to do. I'd like to think in Hux's bedroom, 
He has a bunch of like Peter Cushing posters. <laughs> he has Tarkin posters. <laughs> He's got all Tarkin's books on his bookshelf. But it is kind of funny, like going back to Force Awakens, that the First Order is almost like it's like the Muppet Babies version of the Empire, where we have like Vader Kid and Tarkin Kid, and they just report to their their evil dad, Snoke. Who tells them what to do? Well, there, after Force Awakens came out, there was remember Hux's cat was a really big deal for a while. Like everybody was always talking about Hux's cat. There was all that fan art of Hux and his cat. There was like, what happens when Kylo finds Hux's cat? Yeah. Is Hux's cat going to be in the Last Jedi? People were asking Ryan Johnson, and then Celebration Orlando in 2017. It was real. It was shocking. How many Huxes were there? It was Hux mania. Yeah, there were so many Huxes. Lady Huxes, Guy Huxes. Every type of Hux you could possibly imagine. There may have been like people with dogs dressed as Hux. There were good Hux costumes. There were bad Hux costumes. There were professional Hux costumes. There were people with t-shirts that just said, I'm Hux on it. It was <laughs> like what anything you could think of. Yeah. Senior citizens dressed as Hux. Somebody would dress their baby as, up as Hux. And then like you go to Celebration Chicago, maybe there were like a couple Huxes. Yeah. There was something about that summer that everyone just had Hux fever. I remember us saying to each other at one point during Orlando being like, Man, people are crazy about hucks. <laughs> we've all been infected with chicken hucks. <laughs> it makes your hair turn red and your clothes turn black. It's super contagious. I don't know. Did that continue? I it's who who knows? Like in in the end now, with like knowing how Hux's story met its noble end, do people still have Hux Mania? Like we said, probably. It's hard to tell because I feel like Hux being the rebel spy in Rise of Skywalker, that all kind of got overshadowed. Like, that was not, like, that was small potatoes. Like, no one's really ever talking about that. No one's like, you know what? Hux deserved better. But maybe he did. I don't know. Well, the funny thing with Hux, too, is he started out the evilest. He was way eviler than Kylo. Like, he was the one giving the speech. He was the one that wanted to destroy Hosnian Prime. But then by the end, he's the real hero of the movie because he gives the resistance the information they need to know to go to Exegol and about Palpatine and all that. So it's kind of a big deal in the movie, but it's kind of not. It's like he's in two two scenes, maybe three in the whole movie. Without Hux giving that information to Bulio, I think everybody would have died. I, <laughs> I think Palpatine just would have snuck up. Caught everybody off guard, probably would have shot shot Sith lightning from across the galaxy and just blown everybody up. Maybe. He should have just had Hux kill him. Hux is like the angriest person in all the movies. He's got all kinds. He doesn't have the force, but it doesn't matter. He's just so angry. Like, he's probably angry enough you could cut him in half like Darth Maul and he would still be alive because he's just so angry. Who, you know what, though? Darth Maul can live. The verdict's still out on Boba Fett. Who's to say Hux isn't going to come back with, like, robot legs or something? You're right. He might have had a bulletproof vest. Hux, you can play him for an idiot. Sometimes he doesn't know when he's being tooled. That's true. <laughs> but he probably did have, like, a blaster-proof vest in there. We didn't see his body explode. Like I said, he had a jetpack, so he may <laughs> he may have just jumped out of the... <laughs> Jumped out the window and, and uh, flew down to Exegol. He's just hanging out on Exegol with the, with the mummies and the Snoke clones. I would have liked to have seen him at the big party at the end. Like wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and like a hippie necklace or something. Like a Jim Morrison necklace. And sometime from the beginning of the movie to the end, like he grew a beard. He's drinking like a margarita or something. Hugging Claude. He's just pretending like he's been there the whole time. Ah. <laughs> I'm friends with Maz. People are like, oh my God, that General Hux. He's like, call me Army. Do you think that was his nickname? If he had any friends, they would have called him Army. I think so. Or Big H. Or Big Red. Who knows? Maybe he really liked Sammy Hagar. Maybe his favorite album was Red. It could be. Maybe uh, when Stoke was uh, shopping for drapes, he, he brought Hux with him. And Hux is like, you gotta always bet on Red. <laughs> That's my motto. Points to his hair. 
because I can't. I don't think Kylo wants to go shopping for drapes. No, black, all black, nothing but black. Today is the end of the Republic. The end of a regime that acquiesces to disorder. So let's talk about Hux's backstory. It's way more complicated than you would ever imagine. He, General Hux may have the most complicated, intricate backstory of anyone in the sequel trilogy. What, what the heck is going on with Hux's backstory? Yeah, Hux is almost like, it's like he's Boba Fett or something where he's in the movie for like <laughs> three minutes and there's novels and novels of Hux stuff because he's a big part of what all three Aftermath books I remember, right? His his father, yeah. So he's in there. His father's in there. Yeah, it's horrible backstory. His his his, his dad. <laughs> it's like it's not even. Yeah, it's it's not even funny. It's like it's like depressing to read. It's like a lifetime movie or something. His, <laughs> his dad abused him. He's like in charge of child soldiers. He hates everybody. He gets banished to go live in the unknown regions and wait for the First Order to build up. His his dad was this guy, Brendel Hux, who was like this old school, like, imperial guy. And he had an affair with a kitchen worker. So, like, Brendel, who was like a like described in the Aftermath books, I think of being like a human slug or something had like this bastard kid Armitage like, and I think I, I remember in like all the aftermath books, they always talk about young Armitage Hux as being like pasty skin and like red hair and skinny and scrawny. And it's like, Oh yeah. It's kind of sad. Cause as angry and vicious as he ends up, it's like, you can't really blame him cause he <laughs> didn't really have a very nice childhood. Poor guy. Again, nobody loved him. Nobody took the time to ask Hawks if he was okay. Do you think anyone ever asked him, like, hey, Armitage, is there anything you need? Maybe Phasma. Maybe that was that was his only friend. And she was gone by Rise of Skywalker. He was all alone. Kylo was obsessed with Rey. Phasma was gone. Maybe Captain Peavy, who we remember as uh, Vivian from The Young Ones, which is still mind-blowing that he was in The Last Jedi. It almost seemed like he was Hux's friend. Like, they worked together, like they had a working relationship. They might have, I don't know, had small talk every once in a while. Maybe. Well, you know, the the visual dictionary does say that Peavy is uh, older than Armitage. Watching the younger Hux advance through scheming and nepotism has soured Peavy's view of the man, but he is professional enough an officer to keep his disrespect silent. <laughs> well, all right. Well, so he he only pretended to be Hux's friend, which makes it even worse. But, you know, the thing is, like, we say all this stuff about Hux in his miserable life and what a horrible person he was. But even before him being the... Uh, the ultimate hero of the of the Skywalker of the, the the sequel trilogy. Even all through the films, I never hated Hux. Oh no, he's a he's a likable jerk. He was horrible, but somehow <laughs> likable. Almost kind of comparable to Tarkin. Like we're still obsessed with Tarkin every single day. Yeah, Tarkin was not a nice man, but he's a fun person to watch. Yes, and so was Hux. <laughs> and it's just too bad. That no one ever took the time to get to know him better, to just blow him a kiss. You don't have to, like, put your lips on his cheek or just wink at Hux. Or just say, like, hey, your red hair looks really good today. Or your boots are especially shiny today, General Hux. Well done. I don't think we've ever... Did we ever see Hux smile? No. He never smiled in any of the films. (laughs) He didn't even smile when he freed the resistance and told him that he just wanted Hux or he just wanted Kylo to lose. That didn't even make him smile. It's a shame because I feel like if Huck smiled, the whole audience would smile. I maybe the whole world would smile. That's all they needed to do to destroy Palpatine. They could have just brought Hux and let Huck smile and his smile would have would have healed Palpatine's evil, shriveled old heart. It'd be like the end of 
how the Grinch told Christmas and Palpatine's heart would have grown, grown three sizes just seeing that smile of Armitage Huck's. That was the thing, you know, in the end, it was love that killed Palpatine. It was love wins at the end. And it could have just been the fact that Hux found love and it made him smile. And that could have just been too much for Palpatine to handle. And he just would have shriveled up and disappeared. But unfortunately, Hux didn't smile. And it was his hatred that led him to help the resistance. It was a singular hatred. In the end for Hux, it wasn't his hatred of the resistance and their acquiescing to bring disorder. It was his hatred for Kylo Ren was stronger than any hate he ever felt for a large group of people or a movement is for someone who didn't understand the Jedi ways. That's almost a very Jedi way of thinking, but really all that hatred was just covering up his hurt from all the love he had for Kylo. Oh, oh. That Kylo didn't show him back. Brotherly love. Well. Or not. I don't, it's, yeah, we, we, we don't know. Some sort of love. He may, you know, it might have been friends. It might have been more than friends in, in, in Hux's eyes. We don't know. And sadly, we will never know at this point. Unless we get a Hux novel. Maybe that's what Project Luminous is. It's that now that Hux is dead and he's a luminous being, not this crude matter. And Project Luminous is a series of books just about Hux. Or it's Hux's memoirs after he escaped on his jetpack with his laser-proof vest and is just writing about his time in the First Order from an island somewhere in the moons of Iago. <laughs> he's hanging out with angels. Maybe he's uh, wherever Lando was at the end of Solo. <laughs> the Rogue One teaser planet. I mean, I'm going to miss Hux. I, the Star Wars series will go, will keep going on. I mean, maybe in Mandalorian we could end up seeing uh, Brendel Hux, and maybe they'll find some very small, scrawny, pasty white, sick-looking kid with red hair. To come creeping out around the corner. <laughs> There'll be a fight between the Mandalorian and his baby, baby Yoda, and Brendel Hux and his baby, baby Hux. And the, the babies will fight while the dads fight. Yeah, I don't think there's much of a chance of seeing Hux again in any kind of Star Wars anything, which is a shame. I, I can't imagine a CG Hux one day. Yeah, the only person, it's like Poe knew that, that he just needed a hug. <laughs> and he tried to give him that hint by calling him General Hugs because he knew that's all he needed. He wanted a hug from somebody. Snoke was too big to hug him. When you hug Snoke, your face goes right into his armpit. And <laughs> it's not it's not a good thing. When you're like 11 feet tall, you're not very huggable. You, you put your arm around Snoke and you feel like his rib cage and it's just... Ugh gross <laughs> all remaining systems will bow to the first order Bren believed it was no longer valuable to us that the girl was all we needed as a result the droid has most likely been returned to the hands of the enemy accordingly tomorrow afternoon will be a half day holiday relax you've earned it all stormtroopers who have not yet had their flu shot please report to the infirmary all units are to remain at their posts the Starkiller facility is not in jeopardy. Any stormtroopers found to be using their Beta Plus riot shields as snow sleds will be subject to immediate disciplinary action. So, all right, let's go through every Huck scene, as many as we can, and let's determine, let's go over the evidence and determine if in such scenes in the sequel films, if Huck's was being mean, or was he being a little flirty, a little sexy? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's start out with Force Awakens. Towards the beginning of the movie, Kylo just gets done interrogating Poe, and he talks to Hux in the hallway. It's in a droid, a BB unit. Well then, if it's on Jakku, we'll soon have it. I leave that to you. Okay, so you watch that scene. After Kylo walks away, Hux still stands there looking kind of pensive. I think he was hoping 
Kylo Ren would say something nice. And he's kind of complimentary to Kylo Ren. Yeah, this might be, this is like the flirtiest he gets maybe here where he's very calm. He's very almost sweet. He's, he's talking quietly. If he loves Kylo in a brotherly way or more, I would say this is the evidence of that. More so than when we get into later. So let, let's, okay. let's go into our next moment here. All right, so next we have the scene where Poe and Finn have just escaped, and Hux is calling for them to use the ventral cannons just before Kylo comes in. Use the ventral cannons. Yes, sir. Bringing them online. General Hux, is it the resistance pilot? Yes, and he had help from one of our own. We're checking the registers now to identify which stormtrooper it was. The one from the village, FM-2187. Sir, ventral cannon's hot. Fire. Uh, okay, what are your thoughts? I think this is pretty similar to the previous scene. There's some uh, some tension there. And when the uh, other officer says, asks if his uh, ventral cannons are hot, he says, fire. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> this next one is a real good one. This is, uh, we're talking about uh, little baby Finn. Never forget the little floating baby John Boyega head in the corner hologram. Let's observe this. This was his first offense. General, they've been hit. Destroyed. Disabled. They were headed back to Jakku. The fighters projected a crash in the Goazon Badlands. They were going back for the droid. Send a squad to the wreckage. The, you know, the thing with that moment is we're seeing Hux at his prime here. He's feeling really good. I don't take too much of that being flirty. What do you think? I can see that. He's kind of focusing on himself in that scene. He's not really focused on who he's talking to. It's like he's focusing on he's 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 doing he's working at his job at that moment. But there is the general theme here towards the beginning of the movie. He's still kind of he's having a good day. His things are starting to go bad, but he's still like I'm having a good day. I'm feeling flirty. I'm feeling good. But he's definitely a little more business in this little section here. He's just trying to figure out what's going on. He's he's calm. He's not mad yet. So maybe he's a little distracted by work. Chill vibes, happy vibes equal flirty vibes. Okay, let, let's observe. This next one's a juicy one. Let's check that out. I won't have you question my methods. They're obviously skilled at committing high treason. Perhaps Leader Snoke should consider using a clone army. My men are exceptionally trained, programmed from birth. The mission have no problem retrieving the droid. Unharmed. Careful, Ren, that your personal interests not interfere with orders from Leader Snoke. I want that map. For your sake, I suggest you get it. Okay. End of that scene, he wanted to kiss the mask. Just no kiss. That's pretty much the, the hallway scene from Empire. Kylo's talking about uh, the South Passage or whatever. <laughs> it's definitely uh, the ventral cannons are still hot in that scene. It's, it's almost the, the, the little repair hallway in Empire. My hands are dirty too. What are you so afraid of? I you know I wish Armitage just would have grabbed Kylo's hands to see how ventral cans are hot and just would have kiss on the mask. Who knows? Totally different movie. Okay, let's go to the next one. All right. So next we we have uh, I think he's talking to Snoke in this one, right? Okay, this is good. Our strategy must now change. The weapon, it is ready. I believe the time has come to use it. We shall destroy the government that supports the resistance, the Republic. Without their friends to protect them, the Resistance will be vulnerable, and we will stop them before they reach Skywalker. Go. Oversee preparations. Yes, Supreme Leader. Okay, do you think at the end there, when he turns and he looks at Kylo, is it for a little kiss? It does seem kind of like a, check me out. (laughs) (laughs) I just told Snoke what to do, and Snoke said it was cool. Check this out. Who's the real Supreme Leader? (laughs) <laughs> Better get used to the phrase Supreme Leader Hux. Yeah, I think that that's pretty flirty. I think so. Force Awakens is the flirty Hux Awakens, I think, so far. <laughs> okay, so next we have the speech. We've all heard it a million times. No reason to play the whole part. Let's just play a sampler. We'll bring an end to the Senate, to their cherished fleet. All remaining systems will bow to the first order. And we'll remember this. 
as the last day of the Republic. Okay. What are your thoughts? Mean, mean, flirty. What's happening? I think he's just mean and angry. He doesn't even blink in this part. In this part, he's pretty focused on being angry. But he's got to know that this is his big moment, and he's looking good. He put his little hat on. He put his coat on. There's a bit of showness to it. Yeah, he does have the hat on. That's true. I don't think he's just wearing the hat because it's cold. You can't. You can't flirt with a whole army at once. Hawks could, though. That was the power of Starkiller Base. You can flirt with the whole army at once. He, if he's up there wearing the coat and the hat, who knows? Afterwards, he could get like a text message. Hey, you looked really cool up there. Let's go get space coffee. That's true. I really liked your speech. I want to talk more. Can we talk more about it over a cup of Jawa juice? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. I think you might have convinced me. Okay. What do we have? Let's, let's see. What's next? So next, we're back to talking to Snoke. Always good. Ren believed it was no longer valuable to us, that the girl was all we needed. As a result, the droid has most likely been returned to the hands of the enemy. They may have the map already. Then the Resistance must be destroyed before they get to Skywalker. We have their location. We tracked their reconnaissance ship to the Illenium system. I'm not really getting flirty vibes from that moment. Yeah, it definitely has a different feeling to the last time they were talking to Snoke. I think you're right. He's just kind of he's just kind of annoyed. He doesn't have time. He doesn't have time to flirt. I don't really feel a positive tension between him and Kylo in that moment. No, he's barely even looking at Kylo. Well, then there, there's stuff at the end when Starkiller Base is blowing up and like Hux leaves and stuff, and that's that's kind of it for Hux and Force Awakens. But let's move on to the Last Jedi. Now, the Last Jedi is a film all about intimate moments. We, we get to know our characters on a much deeper level. It, it's well known for its, its quiet parts as much as its uh, space horses riding through Canto Bight. It's been part of the beauty of The Last Jedi. And also we get very intimate, up-close moments with Armitage Hux. All right, so let's start in the opening scene. Almost the first person, one of the first people we see in Last Jedi is Mr. Hux on the bridge with uh with pv we've caught them in the middle of their evacuation i have my orders from supreme leader snoke himself this is where we snuff out the resistance once and for all tell captain kennedy to prime his dreadnought incinerate their base destroy their transports and obliterate their fleet okay side note i don't know how Recently, the folks listening have watched The Last Jedi, but I love how they, they make Hux look so sickly in this movie. A little bit, yeah. He's a little. He hasn't been out in the sun since the week before. Well, he he survived. He barely survived Starkiller Base, so he had a rough he had a rough week. But he's feeling good at the beginning of this one. He's got his hair all greased, all slick. He does the little head turn when the camera cuts. So he's feeling good. He thinks PV is his friend. I'm thinking he's being a little flirty. Again, happiness equals flirty, happy vibes, flirty vibes. He's feeling flirty. He's feeling kind of sexy. He is, but he's kind of, he's just flirting for himself. I don't know who he's putting a show on for at this point, but he's he's definitely putting on a show. Well, th- things heat up next. Let's observe this. Urgent communique for General Hux. Patch him through. This is General Hux of the First Order. The Republic is no more. Your fleet are rebel scum and war criminals. Tell your precious princess there will be no terms. There will be no surrender. Hi, I'm holding for General Hux. This is Hux. You and your friends are doomed. We will wipe your filth from the galaxy. Okay, I'll hold. Hello? Hello? Yep, I'm still here. Can you, can he hear me? Hugs? He can. With an H? Skinny guy? Kind of pasty? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Look, I can't hold forever. If you reach him, tell him Leia has an urgent message for him. I believe he's tooling with you, sir. About his mother. Open fire! That's flirting. I've been around some flirting in my life. I Maybe I know it when I see it, and I'm seeing it right there. I would say there is a lot of flirting going on, but by the end, 
it starts to turn into just being angry and mean. Poe's getting to him. And really, now that <laughs> the Your Mama joke is actually kind of mean with, <laughs> if you know, Hux's <laughs> horrible backstory. It really, it's, it's really kind of mean. Yeah, but I don't think Poe knew that. He didn't, the Aftermath books hadn't come out yet, so. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't go on Wikipedia. He didn't know. I bet you he would regret that joke and would apologize. <laughs> if he, if I would have known, I wouldn't have said it. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, just showing us Poe's development over the movie. At the beginning of the movie, he made a Yo Mama joke about a person who was born of an illegitimate relationship and had a horrible childhood. And by the end of the movie, he's grown to someone that would apologize. And that's what it's all about. I liked seeing they had a moment together kind of in um, in The Rise of Skywalker a little bit, Poe and Huck. So it was good to see. So, okay, let's go to uh, Huck's getting thrown around by Snoke. This is, this is really good. General, Supreme Leader Snoke is making contact from his ship. Excellent. I'll take it in my chambers. Ah, good. Supremely. My disappointment in your performance cannot be overstated. They can't get away, Supreme Leader. We have them tied on the end of a string. Okay. Thoughts? He's not really mean or flirty, he's just kind of sad. <laughs> He's just having a really bad day. I don't think he's, he doesn't, you know, you don't flirt with Snoke. But you could. I would. But I don't think he is right now. Well, I don't know. You, when he starts talking about tied on the end of a string, there's a little sweet talk in there. He's trying to, <laughs> and it works because when we get to the next scene, Snoke's all about the tied on the end of the string indeed. So maybe, yeah, he turns that frown upside down and turns it into... He turns that bloody shirt into a little flirt and uh, turns it around at the end there. Let's jump forward to uh, a deleted scene from The Last Jedi. Rose bites Hux's finger. Let's, let's, let's observe that. The Otomox system. That brings back memories. You vermin may draw a little blood with a bite now and then. But we will always win. Execute them both. Okay, yep. He was flirting with Rose. Hands down. <laughs> I think he's too used to flirting with First Order people who just don't know any better. And Rose just has no patience for that. He, he was trying. Maybe after this after this scene, he he's got better at it. <laughs> he's, he's a little better at reading people's uh, body language when he's trying to turn on the charm. So let's go to the ne the next major Hux moment. Uh, he finds uh, dead Snoke. Let's 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 revisit that. Let's finish this. Finish this. Who do you think you're talking to? You presume to command my army. Our supreme leader is dead. We have no ruler. The supreme leader is dead. Long live the supreme leader. Okay. He might as well be saying I love you in that end moment. Before or after he gets choked? While he's being choked. Maybe. 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 Yeah, he starts out upset, but he really just wants a hug from Kylo, I think, at this point. <laughs> and and a force choke is probably the closest thing to a hug he'll ever get from Kylo. So I guess it worked. I feel like at this point he's considering, do I become General Hugs instead of General Hugs? Do I make that my official name? Now, let's see how that uh, how that moment pans out later when they're in the uh, the AT-AT on Crate. Bring me down to him. Keep the door covered and don't advance until I say. Supreme Leader, don't get distracted. I'll go. Right away, sir. He was definitely giving it his uh, his all. He was trying to, to put on the charm there. Unfortunately, I think Luke Skywalker distracts Kylo, and Kylo didn't have any patience for uh, 
any any flirtatiousness. Well, and Kylo already he's he's had the Force bond with Ray at this moment, and Hux doesn't know about the Force bond. He's trying, which really that's that's Hux. He's always just he's trying. He's trying to do his best, and he can be trying on your patience. After The Last Jedi, uh, there was the devastating uh, battle over Batu, which you see in the, the Rise of the Resistance ride. It was another big loss for the First Order, and now we go into the Rise of Skywalker, and uh, Pride is there, and Hux is kind of like, why is this Pride guy here doing my job that I was doing very well? well hopefully someone who's been on... Rise of the Resistance can let us know if animatronic Hux flirted with them while they were in the ride. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, when we're there for Celebration Anaheim in the summer, if we can get to that opening night party, maybe we can look, blow some kisses at him and see if anything happens. Yeah, maybe he blows kisses back. If you are, if you listen to this, if you go to Rise of Resistance, please send us a video of you blowing kisses at animatronic Hux. Which I just thought of this. Armitage Hux, animatronic Hux. It's almost kind of the same thing. Stop motion puppets have armatures in them. Maybe Hux was a puppet all along. We're, we're getting deep here. What does Joseph Campbell say about puppets? Behind the tanks of Snokes, there were tanks of Huxes. So you couldn't see them because the Snoke, the Snoke clones were so big. You couldn't see the little, little tiny Hux clones behind them. It's my favorite song, Snoke Gets in Your Eyes. It's a slow dance. It's a slow dance classic. <laughs> So Rise of Skywalker starts out, Hux is in the meeting, all things are not going good already. Is I feel like Hux is still he's still looking for love. Maybe he thinks Pride is gonna be his friend. Pride is clearly not his friend. When Kylo asks if Hux doesn't like the mask, Hux puts on the moves there. He tells him it looks nice. He's still he's and like you said, he's trying. He is trying. Yeah. They capture Chewbacca. Hux wants to kill all the resistance people. And finally, Hux is revealed to be the hero of the film. Possibly the hero of the saga. Of all nine films of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. You know, who, who would have thought when episode seven came out that little Hux would save the whole universe by the end? The whole universe. He isn't key instrument in bringing down Palpatine. Unfortunately, Pride think, figures this out, and Pride shoots him with a blaster, maybe, you know, blaster-proof vest, of course. Pride, I think, because of this, this moment, is later blown up. And we can't forget, too, it was revealed recently in some of that bizarre Colin Trevorrow concept art shenanigans going on. There was a really weird scene of Hux, like, killing himself with Kylo Ren's lightsaber, which, you know, if he was in love with Kylo Ren, it's, you know, some symbolism there, maybe. I don't know. Well, we hardly knew you, Hux. You were a general. Now you're an ex-general. You were a villain, then you were a hero. Now you're an ex-villain who's an ex-hero because you may be gone or you may be hiding, but you gave it your all, and we're proud to have known you. You were an ex-general, and you put the X in hugs. As you know, morale is everything. An army with no morale will crumble, allowing them to be simply swept aside. Every planet everywhere will fall in line and join us under the rule of our supreme leader. Excellent work. Yes, now we merely have to wait for the entire resistance to fall apart. For that reason, Leader Snoke's plan is that we steal the resistance's mascot, Admiral Fluff. Captain Phasma wishes me to remind you that stormtroopers are only to build snowmen as part of targeted practice exercises. Go away! Shoo! I'm thinking of ways to undermine Kylo Ren. Hurry up! I am exempt! Are you trying to disappoint Leader Snoke? I'm not doing birthday announcements, I'm evil. I myself am remaining here. Although I am very busy in my office, so do not enter under any circumstances. I repeat, I am remaining here and you should all do likewise. How is, um, the family? Well, then turn it off, they can hear me! Okay, Apple Podcast Reviews. 
Um, we've got a bunch we got to get through, but we're going to do a couple of them here because it's, it's just been way too long. Gabe, what's our first one? First one here is This is the podcast I've been looking for by Jess in NH. Where have you been all my life? Funny, smart, awesome editing, great topics, and clearly a love for Star Wars. Thank you. I found my podcast home. Glad you found your home, Jess in NH. Yeah. Thank you. And this next one is titled The Best, Best All in Caps Star Wars Podcast by Josh Ewok. And Josh Ewok wrote, I enjoy several Star Wars podcasts, but none of them brings me as much joy as Blast Points. It's one of the funniest, most well-researched, and best edited all in one. When I heard clips from old toy commercials on the first episode I listened to, I was delighted. When I heard the Phantom Menace Year theme song, I was in love. When I heard Jason's George Lucas impression, I hooked the show straight into my cerebral cortex. Jason and Gabe aren't afraid to embrace the cute, goofy, or flat-out weird elements of everything Star Wars. And true to their outro music, they're the podcast embodiment of celebrating the love. Hey, that about sums it up, right? Yeah, it's perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Josh the Ewok. Thank you, Jess and NH. And if you want us to read your little Apple podcast review, all you got to do is go over there after you get done listening, write a little something, and we'll be happy to read yours. Thank you. 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 Hi, J.J. Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. It's the Star Wars Imperial Troop Transporter that you put together. Batteries not included. Stormtrooper sold separately. What's that? It's my troop transporter. It makes five more sounds, too. Where are you? There's the laser cannon, stun gun, and stormtrooper. Did he say that? Oh, Dad. Star Wars Imperial Troop Transporter. Stormtrooper sold separately. New from Kenner. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Check us out on BlastPointsPodcast.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and sign up for the Super Chill Group on Facebook. And if you want to support us in a different way, we have got the Blast Points Army over there on Patreon, where your contributions help the show immensely, help us keep doing what we're doing, and you get tons of insane, ridiculous bonus content. Just last week, we had a commentary for this movie called The Phantom Menace. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't know. And later this month, we're going to have, starting our weekly recaps of all the new Clone Wars coming out, which is super exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. But that about wraps up episode 204, putting the X in Hux. The love continues next week. We got more love. We have a Valentine's surprise next week. Should be a good one. (laughs) Get out your boxes of chocolates and your roses. Sprinkle some rose petals around your house. Well, all right. On that note, thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you.
troopers, please stop dropping their rubbish into the Starkiller cannon. It is not an incinerator. Repeat, it is not an incinerator! Tomorrow afternoon's holiday has now been cancelled! I heard somebody knocking, so I opened up the hatch. He had red hair, black clothes, a trench coat, and black boots, and had to match. He said he had some secrets that he thought that I should know. Like Albertine has come back, and that he still hates Kylo. Been 